I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's the Opposition Research Podcast on HawkeyeNation.com. Welcome to the Opposition Research Podcast. My name is Andrew Downs. Each week I'll talk to a beat reporter, blogger, or broadcaster who covers Iowa's upcoming opponent. If you have a question for who I should... If you have a question you'd like me to ask or a suggestion for who I should talk to in a given week, hit me up on Twitter at Andrew C. Downs. Let's get to this week's game. It's the regular season finale, a Black Friday afternoon tilt in Lincoln, Nebraska against the 3-8 Cornhuskers. But Nebraska is a better team than their record seems to suggest. And uh, we're going to learn a little bit more about those Huskers. Iowa, a one-point favorite as I sit here today on Tuesday morning. That changed drastically yesterday afternoon, Monday afternoon, when Scott Frost announced that Adrian Martinez will not play in the Iowa game. That's Nebraska's starting quarterback and has been for three years. Uh, Logan Smothers will step in as a backup, somebody we haven't seen much, somebody in Nebraska hasn't seen much. Uh, But let's learn a little bit more about Nebraska. And my guest today covers the Huskers. He is the sports director, assistant program director at KLIN Radio in Lincoln. It is Caleb Henry. Caleb, what's up, man? Hey, A.D., glad to be uh, back on with you guys. Seems like all I do is talk with Iowa people yeah, anymore ever since I, I left. I bet, exactly, yeah. Caleb used to work over here in Des Moines and then uh, made his way back to Nebraska and now has covered the Huskers uh, in various facets for uh, for quite a while now. And I always enjoy my time talking to Caleb. You know, it's one of these uh, opposition research podcasts I get to do where I actually know the other person pretty well. So this is fun for me, Caleb. And uh, let's start with the big news uh, from earlier this week. Adrian Martinez will not play. We learned that much. Monday afternoon from Scott Frost. Uh, I guess, what do you know? What should we know about Logan Smothers? <laughs> um, you guys might actually know as much as we do because we don't have access to the practices. This is one of the, the hard parts about being in the media and you're trying to talk about especially position battles. You, you really can only go by what you've seen. And in the spring and then the fall, we get to see 30 minutes of like two practices each where literally you get nothing out of it. Um, So grading Logan Smothers is just on the spring game where he didn't look that great. And then his five games that he's now made appearances in, technically five, when he went in against Wisconsin, he ran the ball once and he handed the ball off once. And that was an appearance like that. That was it. And um, because Martinez had a shoulder injury just before halftime, he finished out the game. But what you're going to get is you're going to get an elite runner. I mean, you were already going to be expecting that from Adrian Martinez as long as he wasn't banged up, and we know he is. But Smothers is quick. I think he might be faster than Adrian Martinez. What you might not get, and we don't really have any basis to watch this, is the, the same passing. I know Adrian's passing has been herky-jerky at times. There, there's times where it'll look really, really good, and then you'll get uh, two interceptions in like five passes. So for Logan, it's it's a giant wild card with what he's going to be able to do throwing the ball. Um, I will say if there's a comparison from games for backup backups to Adrian Martinez, similar to Luke McCaffrey, but 
bigger, I would say even more athletic still, and definitely a bigger arm. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Interesting. So, yeah, I, you know, I know a lot of Iowa fans, uh, you, you have this this dual thing with Adrian Martinez, where on one hand, you <laughs> see all the talent, right? You see the stats, you see the danger of a dual threat quarterback and all of that. You also see some of the mistakes and some of the, the you know, the self-inflicted things. And that certainly sh- cropped up in, in this Iowa-Nebraska game over the last three seasons. So, you know, it's kind of like this uh, this blessing in disguise or this bittersweet thing. You know, no, nobody obviously wanted Adrian Martinez mm-hmm. to be hurt, but uh, there, there was a part of Iowa fan base yesterday when we learned this that was like oh no will this uh, next guy make as many mistakes but it sounds like you don't have much of an idea uh, more than than we do Caleb right it's because you get the you get the great and then you you get the kind of gut crushing stuff with Adrian I'll say this about um, about Adrian Martinez we don't know if his career is going to be done if it is man he's been fantastic to cover for the last few years that I've been here um, but the reason his his mistakes, I guess, have stood out more than anyone else's is because this team, while he's been here, has been in so many more of those. There, there are guys that are up by two, three touchdowns, and they can make that same mistake late in the game, and it doesn't impact the outcome. But his mistakes have impacted the outcomes um, right at the end. Besides Smothers, though, by the way, Heinrich Harburg is third on the depth chart. I actually coached him in track in central Nebraska before I went out and hung out with you guys for a little bit in Des Moines. Um, I would say uh, Harburg is a better athlete with a much bigger arm than Logan Smothers, but I don't know if he knows enough of the playbook to get mm-hmm. significant run. You might see two different quarterbacks um, in this game, but it should predominantly be Smothers, who is super smart. I'll give him that. If, if there's anything we do know about Smothers is that he's going to know the playbook front to back, which there are times where I don't know, even in year four, if Martinez knew it 100% in the way that, that you wanted to make some of the reads, there were some decisions that didn't happen quick enough. So Smothers might have that edge there, but I would really like to have the experienced guy going into a trophy game. Yeah, no doubt. So you talk about the the running ability of, of Smothers, and I think Adrian Martinez is the, the team's leading rusher this season. So I guess how, <laughs> how much how much does that that absence affect the running game? Uh, I don't think it's going to. Um, I just really hope it's not going to be the same situation like we had last year when Luke McCaffrey was in, and I, I called it the same way that I would run NCAA football or Madden games where it was engage eight and just send as many people as possible because you knew we couldn't throw downfield. Um, but right. for Smothers, I, I think it's not going to change the running game per se with him. Now, we don't know if Ramir Johnson's going to be going, um, and that's been really the, the running back who won the job over the last month or so here. You're going to get more running back by committee. So it, with the run game itself is going to be a giant flux um, for this one. Now, Nebraska didn't also didn't run the ball very much against Wisconsin, went kind of air raidy. Um, threw for over 300 yards, had, had the most yards against Wisconsin of anyone since Nebraska a couple years ago. Um, and the most yards, I believe, before that, it was like Ohio State in 2014. 
So the the team was able to put up yards last week. The question I have is can Smothers throw the ball well enough to translate that into this week, although I know Iowa would like someone to throw the ball because they like to go pick it off. Yes, absolutely. Yes, please <laughs> throw throw the ball. Keep throwing the ball. You, you know, you mentioned it there kind of quickly or touched on it, but uh, was this offense demonstrably different after the firing of, of the offensive coaching staff, the bye week, and then the game at Wisconsin? I mean, could you tell on the field uh, that there was a major change within the coaching staff here uh, in the in between those two games? Not really. You, you, I mean, you, you were going out there and you were seeing um, some different running backs, um, and that would be it. You had another running back who left the program before the game, so you may, you may have seen uh, that young man out there as well. But uh, other than just seeing some different personnel, the, the play calling was still predominantly Scott Frost, as it had been before, and he they had said that Frost was splitting with previous offensive coordinator Matt Lubick on a lot of stuff, but we knew it was Scott. And so a lot of that stayed the same. I think it was just they game planned a little bit differently. Um, you've got a few different guys that had a little bit more access during the week than they had previously, bringing in a bunch of analysts. Some guys that have got 30 and 40 years coaching experience. So it's not like they were filling it with grad assistants that didn't know what was going on over the last couple of weeks. Um, Ron Brown, who took over for the running backs, he's been the running backs coach before. He's been um, other position coaches for Nebraska since the late 80s in different capacities. So he's been around this program. It's those kind of guys that stepped in to fill these roles. Really, you couldn't tell a whole lot of different difference offensively. It was just the passing was working, so they really stuck with that more than they did the run game, although they had times where the run game looked good, um, but then also had penalties bring some stuff right back. That's that's really been um, the issue with the offense under Scott Frost, not just this year, but the last few years. You, you get some momentum on offense, and then uh, penalties or just back-breaking mistakes really bring it back. But I definitely wouldn't say, if you watched the Wisconsin game and you watched really any other game this season, you couldn't tell that there were four offensive coaches that were different. You know, you talk about those penalties, and I'll tell you, one of the reasons I'm confident going into this game is just that that discipline. And, you know, Iowa <laughs> tends to be disciplined. They tend to not shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, good special teams, things like that. And when teams aren't able to do that against Iowa, that's when Iowa has success. So eight losses on the season, none by double digits, some really close games against some very good teams for Nebraska is that is the penalties is this lack of discipline uh what has stopped this team from getting into the win column more often yeah but like the the penalties they've been an issue at times um but they've been much better this year the discipline as a whole has been much better this year i would say what what's been the problem has been not knowing who your running back is um, from week to week. Some play calling has been a significant issue at times. And the specialists, you, you talk about good special teams. We would just take special teams, like just have somebody <laughs> that, that can do something at this point. Tell me, give me someone that can return a kick past the 25 yard line, not muff a fair catch. And now you've got the ball on your own six or Nebraska has 25 total return yards on punts this year a couple weeks ago had an 11 yard return from Oliver Martin and we all went oh that was a season long that feels nice (laughs) do we got double digits and everyone's like oh yeah that's a real thing or Nebraska has missed so many field goals this year although Nebraska's opponents actually have a, a worse field goal percentage I believe it's pretty close but Nebraska's opponents have are like 50% on field goals this season as well. So there's something about Nebraska walking onto the field where special teams just goes out the window. Um, punting has also had issues. So I mean, 
it's really been the special teams. You have lost a third of the game where you can take advantage of something against Michigan State, gave up the field goal return for a touchdown. Against Wisconsin, gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown on the very first kickoff. Um, it, to me, it's been more special teams than necessarily the penalty discipline um, and then just the key turnovers on offense. The defense has kept Nebraska in this game. Um, what you guys won't see is JoJo Doman, who I think is one of the best linebackers in the conference. Um, he hurt his hand, and then he played lights out against Ohio State and had surgery after that game. So there is going to be a little bit of give on this defense, and we don't even know if some guys are – between now and the game is some guys are going to go, you know what, I don't think I'm going to go out there, but you, you never know where that's going to be. I would say it's just the, the special teams has been way bigger of an issue than anything discipline and penalties have been in the past. All right, so you just kind of touched on something there, and that, that's where I wanted to go next. I think that Iowa fans mostly figured – that by now Nebraska would have quit. And even if they had won a couple of more games here and there, you know, another losing season, another kind of lost season, another trip, you know, no bowl game, all of this stuff, um, that that Iowa would maybe see a depleted team, at least emotionally, you know, come Black Friday. It doesn't seem like that has happened from afar. And when we don't watch closely and we're not paying attention day to day. But from where I sit, it doesn't feel like this team has quit on Scott Frost. It feels like they're still giving it all. And you can see that kind of in the scoreboard and in the box score. So uh, a two-part question here. Does it feel like this team is fully together to you? And how big would a win over Iowa be in terms of salvaging, again, another kind of lost season for the Huskers? Uh, very together, and this would be the, hey, as long as you beat Iowa, everything's all right. Everything's forgiven, Scott. Um, a few, like a month ago, before we got the, um, the reiteration that Scott Frost would be coming back, uh, before he got the backing from AD Trev Alberts, that the 2022 season was going to be Scott Frost, I've been saying he's back, win or lose the rest of the way, and it was looking like they were probably going to lose the rest of the way, as long as he didn't lose this football team. And he hasn't lost the football team. They keep going out and playing hard. The only guys that you have not coming back, and um, you still don't know what's going to happen before this one, but are guys that are injured or one player, one player entered the transfer portal, and that was in a running back room where you didn't know before the firings who was going to have the ball week to week. Um, so this team is is as close as any team as, as, as you would see for being in a position that they are. Three and eight on the season, seven one score losses, um, taking every team at least down to the wire and having giving themselves a chance. Lost by nine to Ohio State and, and kicked a field goal late, missed the field goal, but had a chance to take the lead late in a game against that Ohio State team. Um, th- this team has fought every single game out. I'm going to be interested to see what happens when. Um, you are in that final game. It is senior day for a lot of guys. They've, they've got decisions weighing on whether or not they're going to return, whether they're juniors or seniors um, for that extra year. And then you've got a young quarterback making his first career start. How much is that going to change the fight that some of these guys might have? It does benefit Nebraska for sure, being at home to feed a little bit off of that energy when, you, when you're fighting. But you also have these guys have come out, against Wisconsin, and I fully expect them to come out against Iowa this way. It's no longer a referendum game. They're not playing for their coach's job. But at the same time, if you go out and you win and you get the first win over Iowa um, in your last because they've lost six in a row, that, that's something that these guys can carry into the offseason that's way more of a foundation than just saying the culture is flipped even though you haven't got the wins. 
you can show something that Frost hasn't done while he's been here. That would show true growth going into the offseason. Um, I don't think it can be understated how big of a win it would be for Nebraska, whereas for Iowa it would just be, oh, beat Nebraska again. Yes, although I, I will tell you, man, uh, you know, it, it'll be nice when this game has something meaningful on the line, and I think that that's <laughs> going to happen, right? That there will come a mm-hmm. day where Black Friday will determine who goes to Indianapolis to represent the right. West. Until then, at least there's some things on the line, like you said, some pride, some carrying things into the offseason, you know, ending a streak. And I think for the Hawkeyes, it's continuing that streak. It's uh, it's you know, salvaging. Well, you know, a, a 10-win season, which would be fantastic even if you don't go to Indianapolis. Uh, I do think the Hawkeyes feel like there's a lot on the line here. And then, obviously, you're not going to know uh, who wins the West until Saturday. So in order to put right. Iowa in a position to get there, they have to win on Friday. So this is a big game for both sides, I think. Right. Like, And, and they've talked about that being the, the possible spoiler. Um, we've talked about that on, on our shows on KLIN as well, but... Um, there is still something that not just to go beat Iowa, but take something away, take away that yeah. opportunity where nobody, nobody who's a Hawkeye fan or none of the Hawkeye players can watch what happens on Saturday and go, we've got a chance completely take that away where they have to watch and go. We could have been paying attention to something bigger than it just being a Saturday and figuring out where our bowl is going to be. So there, there's a little bit extra motivation on that side of it as well. But I do look forward to the day where there's more to play for on black Friday than just if you might go to a bowl game or <laughs> yes. can you spoil the other guy's day and weekend where I do think at some point this, this does get turned around. I don't know if it's under Scott Frost. I really like him as a coach. He's, he's a lot of fun to cover and he, he's great whenever we've talked to him. Um, maybe it's the next guy, but at some point this will turn around to where Iowa fans, um, it, it is a lot more enjoyable when things are back and forth. I understand it's really fun when you're on top and you've got that yeah. winning streak. Like we, we look at Nebraska's volleyball team. Guess what? They've never lost to Iowa. That's super fun to write yes. at the end of an article, yes. but it's way more fun to cover the games against Penn State and Wisconsin and Ohio State and Minnesota because those volleyball matches are back and forth and they're all t- really highly rated. Um, I want that for Nebraska football and Iowa football. I think that would be a lot more fun getting to Black Friday right before you get into the conference championship game and you get into the postseason. That It just makes it a lot more fun for everyone involved. And Obviously, I don't like being on the losing end of that, but I think Iowa fans would enjoy it much more as well if there was build-up in the way you've got the Cyhawk where – Every once in a while, it does go the other way. Yeah, I agree completely. And and you know this rivalry is, uh, I think it is just budding. And I think uh, as Nebraska starts to turn things around, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. This has been a lot of fun. Caleb Henry, you can follow him on Twitter. I, Caleb Henry, he is the sports director and assistant program director at KLIN Radio over in Lincoln. Caleb, always a pleasure, my man. Enjoy the game Friday. Have a happy Thanksgiving and thank you. Hey, same to you, AD. Always enjoy it. Well, there you have it. It is a big game on Black Friday. It'd be nice to notch number seven against the Huskers, seven in a row, that is, and uh, and keep Scott Frost uh, winless against Kirk Ferentz. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I, I feel the same way I felt about the last three games. This is a referendum on Iowa. If Iowa goes into Lincoln and plays the way it can play, if the, if the offense looks good and doesn't make mistakes, if the defense does what it does, and if special teams can do what they do, play well, uh, make an impact on the game, I think Iowa's a better team than Nebraska. I think Iowa comes away with a win, a 10th win, uh, and a possible chance to get to Indianapolis. If Iowa doesn't show up, if the special teams don't show up, if the defense doesn't get turnovers, if Alex Padilla does not look good, 
if there are drops, if you can't get the running game going, if the offensive line is a sieve, then you're going to lose to Nebraska. You're going to have nine wins. You're going to sit Saturday and not have anything to root for, and uh, we're probably going to the Outback Bowl. There's a lot on the line here, even if it's not for a Big Ten championship. Thank you so much for listening. We'll have this game covered from all angles, as we always do at HawkeyeNation.com. I appreciate you. Have a very happy Thanksgiving, and go Hawks!